This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Mpumzi Khasmeni on Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Nagali del Tuba, Sam Kubelam Fondini, Undo de Bidnam Sanje, Mgabin. Funisum Tim Kulu, Maspoli says, Pina Walter. Thank you for joining us. Hey, greetings, uh, greetings to you, Tadu Khasmeni, and greetings to all the listeners. Sure. It is so good to to be back. Yes. Kulit to baska sabonani, but get least kesi abonano bonano, but game moyen. Second, Bapula pool in the Kingba, but go over Kue. Manu Buya, Namsanje Gwenye, that thing by the Balleg Lega called pastoral leadership. That's our topic this afternoon. Sambungati, before singing a quit topic lay, just by definition, what what does it mean, though, pastoral leadership? Yeah, pastoral leadership, um, really in a nutshell, is about God giving leaders to the church or giving leaders as a gift to the church in order to shepherd, in order to tend, in order to care, in order to feed. Mm-hmm. That's what pastoral leadership is about. It's about it is about giving oversight. Mm, sure. To the flock and the church of God, in a nutshell, that's what it's about. Sure, and and it sounds like as in and finishes on gain. I'm calling the the person that I'm but it sounds already. I'm getting a sense that zonge is in those, is in those, is the from the person who is you know called to pastoring the church, suka kuye to these people about kokelai, to these people that is called to lead, uh, and 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 the and the eva in that team sambi. From to this leader, from, but also from this leader to the people about Kokelai. Um, yeah. contrast already. pastors that are definitely not doing that. You know, that are, yeah. that are takers instead of givers. But man, the can find so man, person number go. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for the husband. I think, you are, you are thinking, in fact, before I begin, I think you are raising something that is very, um, very important. And I think, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to church, um, we don't need a lot of innovation. In fact, I doubt even if we need innovation, to be honest with you, mm. because we have the Word of God um, that has been given to us to equip us for service. Mm. And also which lays out what the church ought to look like, what the church ought to do, but also what the church ought to be like. And so even when we consider this subject around pastoral leadership, we don't have to learn from the secular world what it means to lead, really. Um, We don't need a church that to have CEOs and to have certain executives and so forth, because God already shows us and prescribes to us how church leadership ought to look like. Mm. And so as a foundational text, there's so much to say on this subject, but I'm going to cover more the middle part, to be honest with you, because there's a beginning part to it, which is from the Old Testament. But for the sake of what we are talking about today, I think I'm going to be from the middle part, which I think is going to be helpful for the listeners today. So let me begin reading chapter the foundational text, First Peter chapter 5. Mm-hmm. It reads as follows. Therefore, I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed. Verse 2, 
shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God, not for sold gain, but with eagerness. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. Now, now I just want to, to begin by highlighting a number of things, perhaps defining a number of things before we get to the main point. Mm-hmm. Now, there is a lot of confusion just around the different titles that are used out there, pastor, bishop, as well as um, elders at times. You know, sometimes people would even use unbiblical titles, mm-hmm. such as a chief bishop or a chief Apostle, none of those are even biblical in, yep. in a sense, you know, and, and I think it's this whole thing of hierarchy and being obsessed with titles. Mm. But these particular ones, which I want to focus on, they are, the reason I'm focusing on them is because they are biblical. Yep. Okay. So when you read, for example, First Timothy chapter 3, you could even read First, I mean, Titus chapter 1, you would find that certain translations would use the term overseer, others would use bishop, others would use elder. Mm-hmm. Now, there's nothing wrong with that the translators have done there. They've done something, in fact, that ought to be commendable. Okay? Yep. Because they're using those terms because we can, in some ways, see them as some form of synonym. Okay? So, in fact, most proper translations um, see the word overseer as more appropriate than the word bishop. Okay. Why is that the case? Why is that the case? Because... When we're talking about an overseer, we are talking about someone who is overseeing the matters of life or who is watching over the people of God spiritually. Mm-hmm. So it is to look out for people of God in matters of life, but also to provide oversight or to look all after them spiritually. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yep. now when we're using the term elder, which we find from the Old Testament, we get it in the New Testament in a different sense but also we get it in the New Testament, in the Gospels, but also then in the early church, because we know that the churches even there were led by the elders. And so, the, so when we're talking about the elders, even using the language of the Old Testament, would normally refer to older men. Okay? Yes, yes. But when we see it, we see it is in sort of in the New Testament, in a sort of double fold. The reason for that is because it is not simply now an older man, but also it is a man who is older, but who, but who is also spiritually mature. Yep. Okay? Yes. Because Timothy, Timothy is, identified, is an elder. Okay? Because we know, that, we know that the body of elders laid hands upon Timothy and laid him aside. You know, so we know that. So Timothy himself was an elder, and Timothy was in his 30s. He was not an old man. Mm. You know? So there is a way in which we look at it from the Old Testament, just, just the older men. But in the New Testament, it is more focused on, all, on more being spiritually mature. Yeah. Okay? So it can be used in age, but also beyond just the age. Okay? So what do these elders or bishops do? Part of their role, then, is to provide them what we would call pastoral oversight, where we get the word, the word shepherd, to shepherd the flock. That's what we're going to look at. Mm-hmm. So, so whether, whether you call someone a bishop, you call someone an overseer, you call them an elder, it's not like here or there. In fact, it's not even important. Sure. Because it's not about the titles, it is about the function, okay? Mm-hmm. So why am I stressing this, Dr. Hasmin? Is because you cannot be ordained as an elder. Tomorrow you say you want to be set apart as a pastor, the other day you are set apart as a bishop, even yeah. worse, yeah. set apart as an apostle, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Because we don't see, in fact, even the ordination of, of apostles in the Bible. Mm-hmm. But again, that's another 
in the public for another day. Yeah? So that is why we need to see these as as, 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 as sort of synonym, but also more importantly than spiritual or providing spiritual oversight. Okay. Yeah. So we are really here from First Peter that he first identifies himself as his fellow elder. We know Peter is an apostle, but also we know he is an older man, but also he is a mature man. So that's why he can identify himself as an elder, not simply as an apostle. He also identifies himself as a fellow elder among these elders to which he is writing to um, who are going through this severe persecution. Okay, mm-hmm. and he is telling them something important here. He says, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight. Now, here's that word. Yeah. Exercising oversight. what? Oversight. That's mm-hmm. the bishop. Yes. Okay, we were talking about it, to oversee something, not under... Com- so you see all two words in one text. Shepherd the flock of God, pastor. Okay? Yeah. Among you. Exercise oversight, overseer, bishop. Okay? But not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Now, as we get into this text, uh, I hope I'm going to have enough time, because I want us to, I want us to get to the gist of this, yes. simply before, before yes. we get to the main part. Yes. When, God, when God speaks to the shepherd in, in, of Israel in Ezekiel 34, he is sort of giving us a picture of the kind of leadership we ought not to exercise. Mm-hmm. Okay. Remember that Israel, in the, in Israel at that time, they are finding themselves in the darkest hour because of apostasy. Okay, yeah, yeah. because they will all, they will normally follow other false gods, and because of that, they will find themselves in exile. Okay, and God would send His prophets, urging them to return to Him. Even in those moments, God did not forsake His own people; did not forsake the prophet. They did find themselves in a difficult time. Mm-hmm. It is as though the candle has been uh, extinguished because they can't see the light anymore. Mm-hmm. But here is the problem: as we read Ezekiel. The types of shepherds that are there, they are corrupt shepherds. Mm. They are the ones that, they, that we, are, we, we ought not to be like. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. And the Bible uses words like this. We use words like a, like a fat sheep. Now imagine, you don't know, God uses that sort of metaphor, like a, like a fat sheep. Mm. And when you study that word fat sheep, it's sort of talking about, it's talking about, it's talking about um, a, a shepherds who were selfish, mm. who were feeding themselves, who were destroying what is left. These were, these were evil mm. shepherds. Okay. And so this whole analogy, this whole metaphor of a shepherd is beautiful. But we see in Ezekiel 34 that it is distorted mm. because of what these shepherds were doing. Not only that, there is another accusation that they failed to nest the sick, this type of shepherd. Sure. They were feeding themselves, they did not change, but also they did not bring back the strange sheep. Mm. They let the strange sheep go, and then they closed themselves because they loved ease. Mm. These are the types of shepherds in the Old Testament. And, 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 the, and, there is a, and there is a promise from God here, that there is a promise for them to look to the future, the Israelites to know, you're not going to be saved by these shepherds. There is a great shepherd that is coming. There is a chief shepherd that is coming. There is a good shepherd that yeah. is coming. Yeah. It's not going to be this one, but there is a great shepherd. So they ought to look forward to that. But I think there is a wonderful picture here of a kind of shepherd that we ought not to be, especially us who are leading churches. Okay, mm-hmm. so when we're talking about the, this word, notice what he says to them. He said, shepherd the flock of God. Mm. What does he mean? What does Peter mean when he says shepherd the flock of God? Yeah. He's telling them to do a few things. Now, 
He is telling them as elders, feed. Because that's what shepherds do. Feed. Feed them. Yeah. Feed them. Protect them. Lead them. That's what shepherds do. Watch over them. Because the, shepherd go, the sheep is going to scatter from time to time. But, but, but as they scatter, bring them. Watch over them. Defend them against the wolves that are going to come from the outside, bring in false doctrine, false teaching, leading them astray, protecting them from that. Mm. That is the work of the shepherd. You ought to exhort, you ought to admonish, you ought to do all of these things, because the role of the shepherd is to protect the sheep, because the sheep cannot see you know, by itself. It is the great shepherd, must led by the under-shepherd. Mm. Okay? So he says that's the first thing they ought to do. That they ought to do they ought to shepherd the flock of God because the sheep depends on, on the care and the attention. Yeah. I'm finishing. I'm going to pastoral leadership um, I'm, I'm here to the hospitalization. And, and, and watching the flock of God. Now, moving very quickly, he says, don't do this because you are forced to. Mm, it is sure. not under compulsion. Yeah. You, don't, you don't get into this role of pastoral leadership because your wife wants to be, you to be a pastor. Mm. You don't do that. You, know, you, you don't get into this because of power. You don't get into this because of prestige. You don't get into this because you, know, you, want, you want authority over people's lives. Yeah. You don't do that. Mm-hmm. He says, it says, don't do this. Not under compulsion. Mm. Okay? God does not want unwilling shepherds. Yes, sir. He does not want unwilling shepherds. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. If you are serving as an elder, it should be because you want to serve willingly as, a shel- as an elder. You are volunteering to do this because you believe God has called you to do it. Yeah. That is what God expects from us. God wants willing elders. Now he moves on to say, not simply under compulsion, he then says, not for shameful gain. Mm-hmm. So notice he links those two thoughts. Because don't do it because you are being forced to, but also don't do it because of money. Mm-hmm. Okay? Sure. Because that's what would happen. So first, the first part, don't be forced to do it. But also the ambition and the motive should not be because of money. It says, not because of shameful gain. Yes, sir. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and this is a big one for ministry. Okay, coming into ministry because you want to get rich quickly. Mm-hmm. You want to be able to survive. You want to, you know, to use this as a way to have income and so forth. And so we can have a number of reasons. So money becomes, if money is the motivation, if money is the motivation, you are in danger. Mm-hmm. Because you will not be able to do this work without money. Mm-hmm. And even if you do it without money, you will always try to make people feel guilty. Mm-hmm. Because your motivation was not God in the first place. Your motivation was money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we must be careful of our motivation, especially 
money and ministry. Because money, because currently the church is being used as a, as a form of gaining and getting rich very quickly. And we should not do that. And so yeah. it's not for prestige, not yeah. at all. Yeah. And so he says, rather do this eagerly, not for money, but eagerly. Not for some financial gain, but mm. eagerly. In other words, you know, eagerly be, be, do it zealously, in other words. Yeah. Do it readily. Yeah. That's what he's trying to communicate yeah. to them. You know, Paul, Paul provided for himself in one way, but even though the churches would look after him and provide him with funds, but that was not Paul's motivation. Yes. Okay? It was never his motivation, because he knew God had called him. So, it is not under compulsion, but also it is about exercising oversight. Now, let me get into the main part, mm-hmm. which is around the issue you wanted me to cover around domineering. Yes. Now, notice what he says next to that. He says, shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight under compulsion voluntarily, according to the will of God, okay, not again, and then says, not yet as loading over. Okay. Now, yeah. loading over people's lives. Listen, you can never separate money from power. Normally, those two things go together. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Normally, the desire for power is normally related to the desire for money. Desire for money is normally linked to control over others. Yes. We must never fool ourselves. Even in Christian circles, power corrupts. Yeah. Money corrupts. Yeah. Okay? Spiritual leadership can be used as a tool to abuse. Yeah. The church is not exempted from this kind of abuse. Yeah. That, that in some cases, members would, will find themselves having to endure under the hands of the pastor. Yeah. Now, listen to what Peter says then. He says, and now two things, before I get that, when we're talking about that, I'm not saying the church ought to be democratic. Yes, yes. Okay? Yes. Okay? The church is also not to, to be simply democratic and do all those things, but also the church does not mean dictators. Mm. Okay? Yes. Does not mean dictators who, who, who rule harshly. It does not mm. mean that. Mm. It means a theocracy. Mm-hmm. Okay? God, in other words, God ruling his people, mm-hmm. okay, yes. through the means of his word and trusting godly leadership to elders or pastors or bishops. Mm-hmm. That's what theocracy is. Yes. It is the ruling of God, okay? And so this whole idea of loading over, it simply means to us that, you know, the, the pastor is not to forcefully gain mastery over others' lives. Mm-hmm. And this can happen, yeah. okay? Where you find that the, the, the authority is being abused, the leadership position is being abused. It is about dominating and controlling other people's lives. That's not what leadership is about. Mm. Okay. Because that is what we see in Ezekiel chapter 34. You know, God says to them, you ruled harshly mm. and brutally. Mm. And, and those are very strong words. When God will say to shepherds, you ruled harshly and you also ruled brutally. Mm. There is no place for dominating and, and, and loading leaders. Okay, rather, the context of the church, leadership is marked by love. That's the first part. Oh, yeah. You cannot dominate and control people if you love them. Yeah. Okay. yeah. If, if, if you love people, you become gentle in terms of how you approach things, but also just in terms of how you lead the things. Where do I get you? The same book, First Peter chapter 2, verse 22 says, Now that you have purified yourself by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply. From the heart, he is speaking both to those who lead, to those also who are the members 
of this particular congregants, those who are Gentiles and mm-hmm. also some of the Jews who are in this context. Okay. So elders are not bosses. Mm. Elders don't rule like CEOs. Elders don't run the church like executives. We do not do that. Yeah. All of us, all of us, we are under God's rulership in the church, even though he is entrusting this, this leadership to the elders of the church. Mm. So, the, so, 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 so notice what you know, you know, John says, as, the, as, 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 as in, uh, in John 3, sorry, you know, he, says, he, he speaks about this particular pastor there, and what he says about this pastor is that this pastor who loves to be first among them. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of leader who loves to be first. He is not simply leading, he's not shepherding, but it is all about the leaders. And mm-hmm. I submit to you that this is the kind of leaders we even have today. Yeah. It, might, it might sound small. When we start having mini kitchens in church, we are starting, we are doing this. Sure. When we have fruit and all these kitchens happening there in the church, while the kitchen is not for anybody else, the kitchen is for the pastor and his wife and his guests. Mm. We are simply leading astray. That's what we are doing. And it is ungodly to do this because we are not called to be first among them. Mm. We're not called. We are called to serve them and lead them. Mm. Yeah. So whenever we want to be first, whenever we want the best and they get the least, Whenever, whenever they don't get what we get, we get the best. They don't get the best, you know, what we get. Sure, yeah. This is how we are leading. You know, I'm always reminded of when the Jews were, 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 were seeking to find Jesus and to arrest him. And they were asking if the disciples were there, you know, where is Jesus? Because they could not identify oh, him yes. among the disciples. Mm, sure. He, he looked well, like just the like disciples. them. Mm. Yeah, you know, in some churches now, if you go, you don't need to have to even wonder where is the pastor. You can find the yeah. man there. You can, you can find this is the one. Sure. You know, you don't, you don't have to. Mm. Okay? And, so, and, and so this is the kind of leadership that is being promoted, and this is the, the worldly type of leadership. Mm. Because we don't learn this from the church. We learn this from the world. Yeah. Okay? We learn this from the world, not mm. from the Bible. Mm. But it's absolutely nothing to do with Scripture. When people say, no, this one we honor our pastor, we, you don't honor your pastor. Okay, you are leading your pastor astray. You are leading the pastor to the downfall mm. because that's not the kind of leadership to which God hey. entrusts us with. Sure. Okay, so notice this. He then he, he then adds another wonderful phrase to the Apostle Peter. There's a there's a wonderful flow to this text. He says, "Then clothe yourself with humility." Okay, mm. if you are above people, there is no way you are humble. Mm. There's no way. Whenever we decide amongst us who is the least, we automatically decide who is the greatest. Yes. Whenever we decide who's the greatest, we decide who is the least. Mm-hmm. But, humi- but whenever there is humility, that kind of greatness falls flat. Mm. Because everyone has clothed themselves with a kind of wonderful humility, where there is godly example, okay? Where we are learning from Jesus who submitted himself to the authority of the Father. Okay, Jesus who led with humility. Okay, the one who calls us to himself because he is someone, come to me. Okay, who, who are burdened and heavy laden, come to me. And there's a sense of him being humble, mm-hmm. even humble to the place of death. That's what the Apostle Paul tells us. Even humble to the place of death. Mm. That's what Jesus does. And so there are many lessons for us to learn from him in terms of what it means to be humble. And so that kind of leadership that is domineering, that is the Apostle Peter is against it. He's saying this is not how 
you ought to lead the people of God. Rather, you ought to submit yourself. Now, let me say here, let me say here, the style of leadership we need is not a worldly style of leadership. We need to model Christ. People follow the leader. And normally, people will do what the leader does. The kind of, the kind of uh, humility, the kind of love we show, the, the, the way we devote ourselves to the Word of God, the way we devote ourselves to prayer, the way we are so gentle and loving and peaceful in a manner in which we, we, we follow Christ, in a manner to which we trust Christ. That's what our people are going to see, and they're going to model that. When we model what it means to boss people around, that's what our people are going to learn. Mm. I am suggesting here, I am suggesting here, that we need to turn the tables. I am suggesting here an upside-down kingdom approach mm. where, where, where the greatest becomes the least. I am, I'm, I'm suggesting that upside-down kingdom because I think that's the kingdom Jesus came to bring, mm. not a kingdom of CEOs, not a kingdom of worldly greatest, but a kingdom of submission, yes, sir. a kingdom of love. If we are immoral, if we are tyrants, if we dominate, this is the kind of pattern our people will imitate and emulate. Mm. And this is wrong. This is wrong. I want to get some. This is wrong, not because I am saying it, because the Bible forbids it. Yes, sir. It is wrong in that sense. And so Paul concludes, sorry, Peter, rather as I'm closing, concludes his thought mm. by, by saying, humble yourself, submit yourself. He says, be examples to the flock. That's how he concludes this part. He says, be examples. In other words, when you behave that way, you are not being an example. It's be an example to the flock of God because you have been made a shepherd to care for their soul. Why? Because one day you will stand before the seat and you will give an account of how you learned the people of God. All of us will stand there. And for some of us, that day, will not be a joyful day mm. for some of us. That's why the Bible warns us that, in fact, James warns us that not many of us should become teachers because there's a warning there. Because to lead the ch- because when we're leading the church, but we must understand it is a huge responsibility entrusted to feeble men. Mm. Therefore, we all always have to watch ourselves, but also make sure that we do it God's way. This is not your sin. This is not your church. Yes, sir. Notice what he says. He says, I'm closing. He says, shepherd the flock of God. Why? It is not your flock. Mm. Not yours. Mm. Not yours. Sure. Don't get, don't get it twisted. Mm. It's not your flock. It is the flock of God. That's why you ought to be careful. Why? Because God is a jealous God. And when God is jealous, he will discipline. And the discipline of God, it is hard. Amen. I'm picking up so many themes um, as we are talking and and I think maybe to just to pick up on the last one that it is the church of God it is not yours perhaps that a, a, a complete turnaround um, and just flipping upside down of things I think something is a we back even a good language you know you're addressing an important fact and pointing it out to say but mm. But 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 the language a common is kuguti ebanjin lam, and and in mm. it's just language that one is not really picking up on, 
but iyambi yambe iyenzibe okay i behavior because xa iba ilibandlela kuqondwa yakhe yazi bakusebandleni lakho ezinye nezigenelayo zenzayo phaya as a restoration qondo ba akokwakho apha don't forget kandi you know mhlambi we need to start working even on that language and again i don't have an idea in mind but sawuqala sithi into na but you're quite correct and i agree with you we need to walk away from those things and and you know also you said something earlier on about you know see it not bazalwan sithi i umfundiswe ukuthi siya siya honorish or honoring the seven of god and often we start small and and la mfundisa ngayinaya ngayiboni you know but lendi noba nobungozi eh ibe into enhle nje izinwe zombuka zothi zomenza ohluke kunathi and often the intention is never bad the intention is never really to just mayiwe lento ndathi ayicinezela you know my shield but kuqala nje kancinci amaxhosana nilethu ke ayithetha athi inqaya ingena ngenhlonhlo nempandla ingena ngenhlonhlo awuvelwe nempandla nje kuqala ubonakala lapha ibonakala bayi ziyamkinwele and so we we start small sibe nedafulana ezincinci sibe nendonisi and ezi zinto you know whenever you bring up these conversations kuba kwi debate or if big debate is about the cultures about this thing, but akujongwanga ubungozi balendo yeah. later because what it's really doing yeah. it's setting apart umfundis from yeah. bazalwan yeah. and and, and yeah. what we are saying now namhlanje ndokuba if kuzabakho i hierarchy kube khona omkhulu automatically ukhona lomncinci and peter mm. is saying let us humble let's clothe ourselves with ingubo ye mm. humility so and umfundis is not exempted from that that's yeah. a, that's the second yeah. thing i'm pick, i'm hearing yeah. from you but also i'm yeah. hearing this this beautiful but yet scary contrast that we're finding jembutheta nje ku Ezekiel 34 le warning ephlungu kangaka and and then nendlela upita ati makwenzwe ngayo so that we can escape becoming part of ababa ababa ababelusi uthixo ngomlomo ka Ezekiel amgisa i mean if you read if ngokhalaza nje mfundi swami u verse 3 no verse 4 abesixhoseni uvele jembutheta nje naqonda yeyi ita manqatha niyawadla uboya nezambathise ngawo ezitshekisiwe izimvuni yazichela umhlamba niwalusi ukuthi ezichafileyo anizomelezi ezifayo aniziphilisi ezaphukleya nizibophi ezizinsala nizibuyisa ezidakileya nizifuni niyazinyathela ngamandla kalikhuni and i think ibuyele kulanto bukho ayithetha yoba you know you have to i don't know if you have any of any but you have to love abantu bakhokhelayo there's there's no way that you know you can lead people successfully ube ungabathandi uzakwenza lento xa ichafile uyaqhubuma nabahambayo abakhoyo namhlanje konzweni siyaqhuba awumcingile udinga ukuthandazela usekhayeni uchafile emoyini kanye mhlambi kunento eyenzekileyo emenza ngabikho kulenda akacingwa akabekwa akathandazelwa and also mm. preference is apha kumfundisa you did say it's quite a vast topic to talk about but nyane nje muthela nje i wanted to highlight those themes and this fire kuwe nje muthela mfundisa amazo kuqibela sure thank you dr hasmin i think i think what you we highlighted earlier on i think one of the challenges we have we have we have a an inappropriate acrisiology i think that's our main problem mm. okay sure. and what i mean by that is that the, the, the we do not understand what a church is sure. so forget forget talking about leadership because because if we get there we need to start first asking the question what is the church okay. that's the first question mm. okay therefore we ask what are the marks of the true church of mm-hmm. christ yes okay then we are asking then how is it led mm. yeah. so so we 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 don't even have a proper understanding of its ecclesiology in the first place 
So when we get to leadership, that's why we have all of these issues that we have because we don't understand what the church is. Yeah. Number two is that we have this founder syndrome, which is bad. Mm, okay. sure. So because I founded the church, it almost seems as though it is mine. Mm, <laughs> it, sure. yeah. it, it belongs to me. Yeah. And, and, the reason, and, and the reason people do that, you will find that even when they appoint you know, other pastors or elders um, and so forth, they will keep on reminding the church that, no, I am the founder yeah. you know, of this church. You know, there's a little bit of insecurity. Yeah. So I'm the founder of this church. And in, in, and in some ways, they're trying to communicate something that I am not equal. Mm. Even though you are one of the leaders here, I am not equal. Yeah. That means also I might be exempted from all forms of discipline. Mm. That's what it's communication. Sure, sure. Okay? But it's being communicated in a diplomatic manner. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's, the issue that, that, that's the issue that we have. So I am, I am suggesting mm. that we, we, we need to understand these basics mm. first. You know, before we can even understand what it means to lead a church, what, you know, so, so even when you're talking about churches, mm. you know, you know, you know, churches were not led by prophets. You know, all this, so there are a number of things we need to talk about. Yeah. Prophets are not pastors. Yeah. Prophets are not pastors, you know. And so we have, we have a man who is a prophet, says, no, I lead a church. We have an evangelist leading a church, you know, and, and you ask them, where do you find this in the Bible? Mm. Nowhere. Where do you ordain an apostle? Mm. You can't find it anywhere. So I'm saying we need to go back there. We need to go back there and answer the question, how the church of God ought to be led and by whom? Mm. Not just how, but by whom? And then what do they ought to do in that position of leadership? And I think if we can answer these questions, not emotionally, not because of something that we learned from you know, those of old, but what does the Bible say? That is my interest. And, I'm, and I know that is the interest of your listeners today, yeah. to answer this question from a biblical perspective. Can I, uh, let, me, let me say this for this. I just made a note on my phone now. We're going to plan yeah. this offline and agree on dates and at your convenience. Sure. At your convenience. I know it's going to be a lot of work. And I know sure. you've got other speaking engagements uh, throughout. So we'll, uh, we'll plan for it offline and agree on dates and we can... Sure. Agree on, even on the structure, but this is a very important thing. Perhaps she addresses yeah. that happened within the church, but not addressing how the church set up. Yes. Yes. And, and mm. so it's an issue of power, you know. He wants he wants to control Abanda Zenga because I remember when we were growing up Evangeline, Sasfundi and I could be wrong, but I think it's important yeah. that, we, that we explore that. And, and I think just as a side note, Job Mutetanje, let's say, who's the founder of the church, but you know, I met, I came across in my, in my past life, I experienced mm. a first hand lend. This mm. guy said, this is a founder of that of that church. Because 
kumta ni shumaila hapa ni se klasini. Ndiya ni fundi isa. Mbo ni shumaila. Zi practicalsi zenu ezo. So which yeah. makes you think ba. Eh, Kawitinga yeah. ngogu indoba chini. That means. Eh, Utitakano kuteta through izu. Because lao chilu izu laka. Ndiba kutetu tetu. And so, yes. meaning I got tetic for as long as Kungamanga Yenapanga Panga, which is a scary thought, mm. but it also shows it's one of the examples that shows in the our understanding of the church, as it were, is perhaps messed up and it needs to be revisited. Yeah. See, John, whether yeah. or not it's, it's a comic like a I think that's another question, but Funagi Lebandun information is fake abandoned for some. Amen. 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 My bonga funis, masbuli lega kuru. We've been touched. Thanks for your time. Truly appreciate this. And I'm your kona belule uskula kolange. Thank you. God bless you. Right, Pastor Eric Tim Kuru. Ora na ikmogi bandla. Ifellowship Bible Church. Paya ekaili chemakaya. It's not like a mandi man. Hey, I really enjoyed this one. And I think what's important is it sends us a vulega message. But often we spend a lot of time trying to fix the man inside. And perhaps the man does not belong inside. He belongs on the streets, preaching the gospel to those that are outside. Plumbi, even the man inside is rightfully, yes, the right man inside, but there's some areas in his life that needs to be worked. Perhaps his understanding, his view of the church needs to be corrected. With the likes of Pastor Tim Kuru, Fundis, who are saying we are willing to walk this journey together. Let us not uh, this, uh, prescribe for the Bible. Masenga iya leli paibiluba si chinge tete nos funite da yona kodi mebe paibila teta kut si chinge tina senze lendi funwa i paibila. I think that's the the bottom line here that we are all should be uh, walking away with. Right. Thanks so much to my guest King Oroshobo Umfundisi. Welcome to the Kumbureke podcast. It is available. Paka paya www.kpulpe.co.za. Kangele pamsuwe kamilti podcast mpumzi kasmen zofige kona le ngolo spini enamshange then. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.